Filipino. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. Little uh, movie news, rumors, rumbling roundup here on Mad About Movies this mm. week. Sup? It's been a while Rum- since we've rumblings. all gotten together and talked about what's been going on in the movie industry, so it is about time. Welcome into another edition of Mad About Movies. I'm Kent Garrison, joined by Richard Barden, and Brian Gill is back in the saddle. What's yes. up? Literally. I'm here. You literally wear a saddle while you record. I got about 90, 95 minutes on Theodore Rex. If you guys are ready, just uh, Wait, yeah, hit the record. Book no, or I'm just going to go. Film. Yeah. It's the Casablanca of sci-fi, anthropomorphic, dinosaur, family-themed movies that also Better, Star Wars. No you one can are, take that away. Brian is really counter Kent and I that it's better than Bright, which it is. So it, no, that's insane. That's an insane <laughs> opinion. I hated Bright less. I mean, I hated Bright more than I hated I that, Theodore Rex. That, that's fair. I think that's fair. Theodore Rex, it's, an, it's another one that, I'm sorry, I don't want to get it, cause, but I watched this daggum movie and then I couldn't talk about it because of my stupid internet. But like, We it, call that the After two, Earth effect. Yeah, two weeks in a row, it would have been great if I'm like, oh yeah, guys, sorry, my internet's been out for three months. Just only on Mondays, though. It's weird. Um can't be there for. Oh, we could switch to episodes. Thursdays. Oh, weird. That's it just changed, huh? That's odd. <laughs> huh, crazy. Um, it works fine when I do the basketball podcast. I don't know. Um, but no, it, the the this two weeks in a row. This and then and Howard the Duck. Where my main going away thought is just like, how how did this get made? Like what, what were we thinking? In, in the man? words it's of so um, weird. what was the catering show with Adam Scott? Party down. Party down. Yeah. The words of. Party down. The Coke was so good back then. <laughs> it is. It, 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 yeah, we, we talked about it just hitting the Venn diagram of Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs, and Buddy Cop. And I'm, I'm sold. Rollerblading. And it, yeah, and rollerblading mm-hmm. scene, too. Yeah, Some coked-up 94 executive was like, let's do this. And it worked out too. Let me tell it you, it did. They crushed it. They sold direct to video, which was the Netflix of its time. So I'm sure they made two, three, four hundred million <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed that. I hope all the VIPs are enjoying our extra episodes that are coming out in the VIP feed. And man, it's been a good time in the Discord this week. A lot of talk happening over there, and we've got Total Recall talk in there coming later this week. And a lot of fun talks. Uh, you know, Braveheart is coming up, I believe. Our next Seinfeld, our next AMA on the horizon. So get on over there to madaboutmoviespodcast.com We're doing VIP a, for those throwback episodes. Ted Kaczynski episode, a Koresh episode. That, did I not run that by you guys? Mad about serial killers? <laughs> yeah, we're down to that now. It's The quarantine's been Hey, done. we're out of content. So. Yeah. 98% of podcast content that's made is about ser- serial killers anyway. I thought we'd get so, in. Let's get in on that. And I thought we'd go really obvious ones because it's the they do the kind of esoteric ones to kind of mm-hmm. build a new audience. Mm-hmm. I think we go Tim yeah. McVeigh right off the bat. We just lead <laughs> and, you know, go with the other angles on the thing. Mm-hmm. No, um, I don't think is, anybody's covered Ted Bundy in the last decade no or so. One, so no one has, and we're Dahmer, right? Right. So we're going to be the first, and I think we are the people mm-hmm. that empathetically and intellectually are equipped to give that the justice that it deserves, right? For the victims, right? right. As three straight white us. guys, we're, <laughs> yeah, as three straight white, white guys <laughs> who 
uh, review Theodore Rex, I think there's no better <laughs> jury than <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, a lot has happened in the movie industry in the past mm. couple of of weeks, months, or so. And not only in the industry, but for this podcast, man, it right. I feel like the industry is reacting to us, and I'm excited to react to that. All, yeah, all the executives are bored. They're like checking out some movie pods while they're at home, and they're like thinking of some ideas. Like, oh, Louis Lettier and Bright. But they don't want to listen to it. They just want to like do keyword searches. Uh-huh. So they have someone transcribe it, and then they control F it, and they're like, well, Lettier gets a lot of buzz on this pod, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he does. This <laughs> one up? niche movie podcast is really into Louis Lettier. It's we will get to that. Some projects. Here. We will get to that. We've got some really what big you call a tease. industry news, though, mm-hmm. uh, that could it could affect how we perceive movies, how we see movies, especially how we do movies for the show for the foreseeable future. We talked a little bit about last time Brian was on the fact that his kid Dom Cooper Gill has <laughs> watched. Trolls World Tour 19 times since it came out in <laughs> April. And that's like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was 14 that we had counted, but I'm sure there's been five since then. And all that being said, Trolls World Tour, huge success on video on demand. And Universal said that it set a whole new paradigm for them. It, it basically opened their eyes to the possibility of what they can do with these day and date releases or in some cases just straight up releasing videos mm-hmm. on demand instead of doing the theater route instead of you know going and printing the thing shipping it out that whole that whole process that they have to do to do theatrical distribution you mean that 1940s business model is not <laughs> totally conducive with modern uh, watching interesting i thought it was but apparently not uh, um it made over $100 million already on on video on demand in about three weeks' time. And uh, they were renting it out for $20. And I want to go on the record and say, if you go back and listen to our show two, three years ago, we were saying this exact thing of totally. put these out for $20, 20 to $50 mm-hmm. and people will buy them all day. They'll rent them because most families, it's going to cost at least 20 you know, if not 50, if you've got kids to go out and see a movie in a theater, mm-hmm. at least, and you know, not including popcorn. The thing and you all have that. to watch there is to make sure it never goes to Netflix or types things for free. But if it's going to be 40 bucks for Fast and Furious 9, and it, you know at some point it's going to be 20 bucks for it, as long as you can get in early and enjoy the zeitgeist and culture around it, you'll pay that. Right. right? And so that's that's the drop. Exactly. That's that's the appeal, and you know, especially now, the appeal of not going to a theater. A that they're not open, and B not exposing yourself to to COVID nineteen was a huge huge advantage. And also, what's, what's that? <laughs> turn on the news. Also, there's a lot of families out there. By the time that they released the movie, which was I think the April tenth, uh, quarantining had been going on for about three or four weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the parents were completely desperate for something to draw their kids' attention that wasn't Frozen 2, which Disney had put on Disney Plus early in response to that. And and here's Trolls World Tour to the rescue. Again, made $100 million. The entire movie made $159 million in its whole run, the first Trolls. 
And I speak as somebody who has two nieces and a nephew. They love Trolls so much. I could have, mm-hmm. I should have probably taken Trolls World Tour in the movie draft because, uh, you know, that one had hit written all over it. Just in how R. much R. that one has grown draft. in the past few years on on demand and stuff like that, Netflix and things. It's it's got it's gained a huge fan base since its thre- theatrical run. Mm-hmm. All that being said, they only made seventy five million around on that movie because of the split with the theaters, and so. Their immediate thinking was, hey, we, we don't even need theaters anymore. And they're going to have this huge, uh, I guess, uh, you know, purchasing on demand market because, again, they only rented this out for 20 bucks. You know, <laughs> you got it for two days or whatever it was. And so everybody that liked it, their kids are super into it. They've got to buy it again when it comes out on, on demand to purchase or on Blu-ray, right? And mm-hmm. so Universal basically said, hey – we're going to take this as, as an experiment. You know, obviously, this is a different time, so we wouldn't have normally done this. We're, we take this as a test and say, wow, this worked beautifully. We're going to take this, and we're going to apply this basically to all the rest of our movies. So what they said, this is a blanket statement that's going across all their films. And a lot of them, maybe a movie like Fast 9, will come out in the theaters as well, but they're also going to do on-demand rental because there's a whole other market that they've discovered there of people that won't go to the theater and, and won't do that. So it'll probably impact their theatrical revenues, but it won't impact their overall revenues because of the split with the theaters are only getting half, if not less than half after the first couple of weeks anyway. Right. And so it's totally worth it from the universal perspective, but then AMC has come back and said, and put out a statement that said, Basically, all the other movies that went on demand, their studios came to us and said, hey, Call the Wild, you know, uh, Invisible Man, Bloodshot, these movies have already been out. They're done. We're pulling these. We're going to put them on demand. Okay, great. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for letting us know. We understand that. Thank you. They said Universal didn't come to them at all with any kind of call, didn't let them know. They basically broke their contract, their promise. Uh, you know, he, he said – I think the word was they broke the good faith understanding that we have with, with the studios and, you know, likely other studios will follow suit with this model if it catches on and AMC's whole business is based on people going to theaters. So you pull them out of the theaters, pull more people coming out of the theaters. Yeah. It works great for universal. doesn't work great for the, for AMC. So at some point I understand that. So basically the response was, okay, no more universal movies in our theaters. And that's, to me, that's idiotic, you know, because, you're fast saying no to – yeah, yeah. it might not be as much as fast would bring in, but it's still bringing in money and people, right? It might be 30% less or 40% less than it would be, but you've still got that 60% that will go see it on the big screen and want to have that theatrical experience for these big event-type movies, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I see both sides of it, but it's certainly interesting, and I'm very excited for this. If this catches on, I'm – I'm all for never going to a theater again, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Hey, welcome to Team Richard, dude. I yeah. was on that early. Yeah, I, I mean, I... Brian I, is still theater guy, which I totally respect. Yes. I like the theater yeah. for some for some movies, but I would say, for the podcast, I would say 75% of the movies we, we do, I'm totally fine watching it at home. And, you know, I'll wake up early and do it to where there's not there's less distractions, or I'll watch it at night or something. But, you know, I'm all for, man, I'll upgrade my good excuse to upgrade my home theater experience <laughs> and get that all hooked up and, and figure out a way to screen some of these at home. But 
you know yeah no i i'm uh, totally on board with with that i love it i'm i i think there should be four movies i understand the business model of theaters can't support this so i i get that and i i but like if everything was equal i would like four movies a year in theaters and the other let's say we do 55 a year on the show the other 51 you know at five in the morning while i'm on the peloton watching like that would be my perfect i want star wars i want like big loud i want star wars fast and furious and avengers in theaters literally everything else i'm cool let's let's exercise and watch it and uh and we're good but that's just me i'm probably wrong i know brian has hardcore theater experience and that's awesome i don't i don't I dump on Brian for a million things, but that is not one thing I dump on him for. <laughs> and he dumps on me too. So it's equal, but like totally get that. But just personally, and I think, I think Kent kind of straddles the mm. the two things, but uh, yeah, I'm, I've been on this since we started this pod. Like give me sure. 80% of 80 to 90% of movies at home. I'll pay extra for that. I don't want to sit by weirdos. I have a weird magnetic force where old people like to sit directly next to me. I don't want to deal with that. It's the, it's the cardigans. It is the cardigans. Absolutely. It's totally fair. So I just want to watch it at home. And then, (laughs) you know, a couple times a year, like going to a concert, Hey, let's go watch a star Wars movie. But I get that the business model doesn't support that for theaters. And I, I'm empathetic to that. So Mm. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I am still more pro theater. I don't want to see fast nine in my house. I don't want to see, there's probably 20, 25 movies a year that I I, I want to see in a theater. Hellboy. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, obviously. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to have the option for some of these movies. And it's this has always been a thing that I've, you know, my, my soapbox on this has always been these smaller movies and indie movies and stuff. There's no reason why they shouldn't be. Uh, same day and day VOD that you can watch at home because it's it's stupid. It's especially stupid limited release. Yes, it's especially A twenty four where absolutely. they're putting it in fourteen theaters nationwide, absolutely. and they're like, That's exactly go see right. it. And it makes why aren't crazy. you supporting this movie? Yeah. It's like we literally can't. We, <laughs> right, and it, and it makes me insane. And it, and they they're foolish not to stick those kind of movies on on VOD and and get get the sale out of it. Um. You know, but I, you know, mainstream tentpole type movies are still going to be. I cannot recreate that on my theater, no matter how awesome my my big screen TV is and my set and my stereo setup and all that sort of stuff. You can't for me the experience of being in a theater. I just don't think is ever going to be the thing that I'm out on. And so those movies I want to see in the theater. And then there's the cost element of it too. Of uh, you know, look, we we are. The podcast is successful enough that, that that a lot of times we're able to to uh, to get the the movies that we can watch on, at home and stuff, and so that helps. But like, we live in in Dallas Fort Worth. I live in the suburbs. I can still go see a movie for six bucks by myself. So the idea, like kids' movies, absolutely. I'm I'm totally fine with most like non Pixar Disney kids movies going. Like again, Trolls World Tour going on on demand is awesome cuz it did. It saved us money being able to stay home and watch that here. The 20 bucks to rent that or whatever um saved us you know, would save us a ton of money if we were in that position. But like there are so many movies that I go see by myself for 6 bucks in the middle of the day or that my wife and I go to see together for 12 bucks. And if you don't get concessions, it's not that big of a deal, you know. And there's still it's a you know, it can be a night out or 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 whatever. So there's plenty of movies that like 
yes, if I'm if I'm if it's like a smaller budgeted blockbuster type movie, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna have two couple of friends come over, and we'll watch this movie together, and we'll split the cost. Absolutely, that's a great deal. Anything that is that turns into something that I'm gonna go be, see by myself, then from a financial standpoint. Now, again, we live in I live in the suburbs of of, of Dallas, so. It's different if you're living in L.A. or New York or one of the bigger cities, or obviously Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, one of the big hubs <laughs> oh, for, for movies. Um, yeah, like that's that's a different thing. But you, you can know? head up I, to Duluth, totally check it. out Lake right. Superior. I mean, it's a whole scene up there. <laughs> exactly, make a day of it. Mankato. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, so like I, I I see I see both sides of of the value of it, and I've preached that for a very long time. Of, of some movies should absolutely be beyond me. The theaters have no leg to stand on in this, and I it, the whole we're not going to show Universal movies is is so you're much like, public uh, posturing. They're, they're, they just, you're right. Bull. Universal will be like, okay, great, makes it easier for yeah. us for people to want to buy our on demand. You know, it's like what they totally. could sell Fast yeah. and Furious for. Fast Furious Nine could be fifty bucks. Well, how much does a BMW cost? Like a new BMW, sixty one k for like a good like a five series. Mm-hmm. I would pay that right. for Fast Nine. Yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> over five over five it. years. I mean, I would have to right. finance it, but I mean, I would pay that. <laughs> Reasonable. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, but no, I look it, the whole thing with the theaters. Like, I get the hey, they didn't call us, and that sucks. But also, the rumor was out there for about a week before they even announced that they were going to do it, so you knew this was coming. It's, it, this is all public posture. It's 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 Sony, Disney with the Spider-Man movies from last year or whatever. It's the same exact thing. It's, you know, oh, no, we're not going to... We're, we're going to turn down millions and millions and millions of dollars for on the principle of the matter. And it's like, no, you're not. When you might not show the next Universal movie that, that comes out, I don't know what's on the slate, because... God only knows what the slate is at this point. What's the dark but, universe looking at right now? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what the next universal movie is. Maybe that's the one where they draw the line and say, no, we're not showing universal movies. But guess what? When 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 this movie comes around, when, when Fast 9 comes around, when Minions 2 comes around, when one of these movies that's going to make a ton of money comes around, they're absolutely going to take it back. And it's stupid to even suggest otherwise. Yeah, the next one is the King of Staten Island, which they've already okay, announced well, is going to be um, <laughs> yeah. on demand. And then... It's going to be sick. Like I said in the Discord, I look forward to not watching that at home, just like I was going to not watch it in the theater. That's great. So, well, okay, the good, good thing is it's only four and a half hours long. So that's the- <laughs> Hot take. That's that People are going like, to turn their heads on Pete Davidson and be like, wow, it's pretty good. Oh, I know. It'll it. be, yeah, Apatow's good at that. He makes comedic sure. characters look like really... In-depth, really sympathetic, whatever. in-depth yeah. people. That I agree. I think have that movie of humor. I think that movie will be good, but I do think it'll be three hours and twenty-five minutes long. That's what I, I asked Judd. I commented it and I said, "But he announced it." And I was like, "But, but how long is it though?" Like I, <laughs> it's I two hours forty-five. Is, it, is Eric Bana going to steal this one too, or is he going to be funnier than the comedians in it? Or how yeah, LeBron work? is he in this yeah. one too? <laughs> yeah. um, the next ones they have, they have Candyman. That's in September. Uh, Bios, the I guess that's Tom Bio, Hanks. It's no, it's a Biodome two sequel. Bios, yeah, mm-hmm. it's they do the alien aliens yeah, the thing. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a two, not an S. Yeah. They, <laughs> they uh, have Halloween Kills, the next Halloween in that trilogy. That's uh, the only they have untitled ones. The Crudes two in December and News yeah. of the World, which is the one about right. about the um, I guess the Pony Express. That's like an Oscar-y kind of movie at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, do do you think they're going to skip any of those movies? Like, 
I mean, Candyman probably is going to make a good if we're in a place where we can go to movies and stuff. But like, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see uh, AMC theaters saying saying no to any of that money. Uh, it's I just think it's foolish. So you do what you want. You can say, hey, you know, I understand the the concept of we got to publicly come out and look like we're, you know, we're trying to draw some kind of line, but it's not going to happen. And I feel like everybody knows that. And I feel like you're right, Kent. Like Universal's like, okay, cool. That's more money for us. It doesn't yeah. matter. So this thing can gross half of what it grosses and we don't have to pay you. Right. So exactly. So yeah, I don't, I mean, I see them sticking by this until if fast nine will be the big test and that's not until April of 2021. I see them sticking to their guns on, pretty much all these movies to be quite honest with you just because COVID's probably still going to be a, a big thing in, in October. I feel like yeah. it's still going to be, I mean, Oh, we're only at 50% yeah. capacity and all that. Sure. So, sure. yeah, but that'll be the big one. I mean, that's the only one that's probably going to gross more than a hundred million dollars domestically on this list. Uh, so that's probably where you draw the line of, is it financially worth it for us to not have this in our theaters at all? You know, and I don't think it is. I don't. And see, I, I would take a slightly different tag. I, I think if they don't show Candyman, you can't pick and choose, right? Like they can't come out and say, yeah. "Okay, we're going to show Candyman, but we're not going to show Bios." No, like, that's, that, that's what fly. I mean. Yeah, so you have to say it from. For, you have to really stick to your guns from the from the first one. And I, I it, again, if we're in a place where we can go see movies when Candyman comes out, I, I think Candyman's going to be a. Not a huge hit, but a, but a moderate hit, and AMC may be at a po- point, a place by that point. Gosh, where they're just saying we need any dollar that we can get because we are fifty percent capacity, and we we need that fifty percent sold out. And if it's between showing Candyman and getting fifty percent capacity, or showing a second run of whatever came out a week or two before that, I I don't know. It it, it wouldn't surprise me. I guess you're right to the extent of like I could see them dragging it out for a little bit and and skipping some of these movies, especially in the midst of, you know, the the limitations of what they can sh- they can have in a theater from a from a population standpoint. But I I just I I think this is so much public posturing that's not going to actually go anywhere when it's all said and done. Twenty twenty one is is bigger. They've got multiple Blumhouse movies. They've got Fast Nine, Jurassic World three, the Minions movie. Another Halloween yeah. movie and another minions, two dude. more ev- event films. Mm-hmm. We got seeing two, so many like family movies and big movies coming in 2021. So I say they're at least going to go through this year just to, just to stick a middle finger up to universal and because they can, it's like, yeah, crudes two might make money, but it might, you know, it's like, what's more important our pride or the crudes too right like that kind of thing always and they're, they're always gonna <laughs> gonna take that um yeah any day Crude so nations stand up baby let's go yeah so yeah man it's interesting and it's certainly gonna be interesting to see what the other studios do you know obviously disney has the biggest upper hand if they maybe release one of these movies i know they already are doing it with artemis fowl but they might have have worked that out with the theaters beforehand. Like, Hey, we're not doing this or we're pushing this or it's going to flop anyway in your theaters. Let's just take this yeah. out. You know, that kind of thing. And they're Disney. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like you can say, no, we're not going to show any Disney. Right. Movies. That's that, like that would saying, be well, we're going to close up our theater, you know? I mean, right. That's a, you know, I was wondering about that. If the theaters get to the point of 
just financial ruin, do you think the government will bail them out? Because I think they should. Because American America in the theater experience and the movie industry is such a staple of what we do and what we're about, you know. It's, I I agree, but I do think it depends on what is the potential of future revenue. Mm-hmm. So is this a short-term bailout or are we just going to subsidize going to a room to watch movies for the next 50 years? If it's sure. the latter, then no. If it's, hey, we've got to figure this out while um, we have this COVID issue or whatever until a vaccine, then yeah, maybe. But mm-hmm. I think if this is the, if it's proven, if the VOD piece is proven as the thing going forward, then it's just going to be like, well, that was innovation. Like, well, I, you know. Bookstores did great until Amazon, and now they're all closing up too. It's going to be the same. The government mm-hmm. didn't bail Barnes and Noble out. Uh, it's not going to bail out yeah. movie theaters. Whether well, the- you get into too like the concept of like maybe theaters are still viable, but maybe we don't need as many theaters as we currently have. You know what I mean? Maybe it's uh, we've thought about that. Whether before. that's it's some theater like chains some- or some you know each each theater chain having less. The I, I don't. I don't I'm know, all about but, the, like but- the kill the multiplex. And mm. put in some cool city small forty seat theaters. I feel like I don't know if that would work economically, but in terms of watching right. films, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you just don't want to get to a place where where movies become we're going to the movies becomes a like an elite sort. Yeah, of thing. totally. You know what I mean? If you if you start dumping, if you start taking down multiplexes, you get you you pretty quickly, I think, get to a place where it's like, yeah, the, well, the the ticket costs thirty bucks, and no yeah, one can go anymore. Totally fair. Same like, as like I mean, concerts. You mentioned yeah. yeah, totally. You mentioned concerts earlier, uh, Richard. It's it's you know I love listening to live music and stuff. I go to like three concerts a year because totally. the model now is that, and I don't blame the artists at all. It's what it has, what they have to do to do it. But I have to really pick and choose. You know, here's the three concerts I'm going to see this year because that's the money that I can I can afford to to spend on that. You know, yeah. I don't I don't spice want that to girl, be that Spice way Girls, Spice Girls, and Spice Girls. No, we get it. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, right? It's a reunion show, guys. Do you not understand? And the flight <laughs> over to Europe to, to see Europe <laughs> is expensive. That's where that's where they get to see it. Oh, too, bro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you have to go first class. It's not the Spice Girls show. Yeah, without Wembley Stadium. You know, something along this line. You're not going to not drink. It, all right. <laughs> Something along these lines. I, I was talking to Batman Shane about about home theater stuff because he told me to you know if I was looking to upgrade my TV to let him know the specs and be see if it'd be worth it. And I was asking him about that, and and we started talking about watching movies on like an iPad or or something. You know, mm-hmm. are you guys big into watching a movie on your iPhone? Because I know. Not my That's phone. a huge, huge thing that a lot of my friends do still. They'll they'll lay in bed and they'll put on headphones and watch two hour long movies on their iPhone. I, yeah. I, I much prefer, you know, even when I'm at home to watch on the TV if I can at, at, in any on any level. You know, if I'm watching a YouTube video on my phone, I'll I'll look it up on my TV most oh. of the time before I'll even watch a two minute YouTube video on my phone. I just love the big screen. I, I we, do. Yeah. I've I've iPhone no I can't replicate the kind of ex, the scale experience but iPad yes like I will watch movies I will watch out like I we have had in my house like my wife will be watching you know British wives kill their husbands and bake cakes shows <laughs> and the Mavs will be I love on that show Gosh. And it's a good show it's good uh, Olivia Coleman <laughs> what a stud and um, <laughs> and. I'll be, I'll be like, actually, I would prefer to like put my headphones on and watch this on my iPad. 
on you know what I mean? Like I like an iPad close up to my eyes to me kind of replicates a big screen experience. iPhone I can't do it with, but a tablet I can. I kinda like to like really like lock in, get that thing six inches from my face, and it feels like I'm watching it on a big screen to me. Mm. Um I can replicate that, but I can I can't replicate that on my phone at all. Yeah, I know I've never watched I, I don't know that I've ever watched anything more than like five minutes on my phone. I I, I can't. That, Same. that doesn't work for me. That's YouTube all. only and lower. Like, and Quibi. But, yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and Quibi. we do Quibi yeah, pretty hard obviously. in this yeah. friend yeah. group. But yeah, I can I do on like iPad. Instagram I can do stories. It. Like I just I don't know. I don't I don't. The screen's too small. It's not what it's for to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm old on that. I guess. But I am too on the phone. I have a hard rule on my phone. But like I can lock in with some good noise-canceling headphones and my iPad, and it feels mm. like I'm at a sports bar with a 90-inch TV if I'm watching movies mm. or a or a sports game. But that's, you know. Yeah. I watch stuff occasionally on my iPad or on my computer, like, while I'm playing a video game or something like that. Like, I watched half of, of Theodore Rex while I was playing 2K, and I just watch it on my Mac. But that's, a, that's about it. If my wife and I are watching different things... We just go to different rooms. We don't like being around each other much, so it's easy. But um, yeah, I, I'll go to my office, or or she goes and watches it in the bedroom, or something like that. Um, but that's so not. It's not super. It's 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 pretty rare that I would I would be watching something on my iPad while in a common space with other people. I guess. Oh yeah, no, for sure. If there's people around, no. But if I can lock in, I'm totally fine with tablet or laptop or whatever i'm I'm totally cool with that but phone is a line i can't that's too little for me mm-hmm. i can't see the nuance but sure. you know to me a, a tablet six inches from my face or 12 inches from my face is the same as a 70 inch tv you know eight feet from my face like it creates the same perspective gotcha yeah i'm, I'm with you and to kind of wrap this conversation up and move on we you know i love the theater experience i love the big screen i love the sound i love seeing different film films in the way they were meant to be seen what i can't stand are people at -hmm. the theaters just Mm -hmm. ruining the experience with their kids talking texting whatever they are i cannot stand people that treat that experience like they would if they were at home and that to me that's going to be the biggest selling point and not going to the theater is not having to deal with, frankly, idiots. You know, <laughs> at, at the theater. That's like, if things, I can go so. at ten a.m. on a on a Tuesday and see a movie or whatever, I'd much prefer that because there's like one other person in there. Mm-hmm. But Oops. but even yeah. so, that one other person like will text the whole time because they don't think anyone else is in there. So Sorry, I I, I much prefer like you know at night start a movie at ten p.m. Wife's already in bed. And, you know, it's dark, I can focus, I can watch it, I can pause it if I need to write some notes, whatever. I, I really enjoy doing that. And that's become my go to way of, of consuming and, and yeah. really diving into these movies. But yeah, I love I love the big screen. I hope that doesn't go away. But I, I think we can find a way maybe we do one big release a weekend. You know, something like that sure. instead of having seven yeah. blockbusters competing for our time and attention. It doesn't work good for anybody, you know. And I think there are definitely. There's no reason why the Green Knight can't be on your TV screen mm-hmm. next tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like 
waiting four weeks for it to go through a dumb limited release and then finally get to 300 screens or something like that. It's, you know, there's no, you're right, Brian, if it's day and date, if it's okay, we're releasing this on June 12th in theaters and Mm -hmm. on demand. And then you look on demand and it's $20 or you could go to the theater for seven. Most people, Mm -hmm. you know, by yourself, a lot of people will probably choose seven bucks and go up there and do Mm -hmm. it, you know? So I don't think in all cases, it's not saying that everybody that's going to see this movie is going to watch it on demand. I do think there's going to be a strong, population of people that will still go to the theater and the thing is it's not all about ticket sales it's they want you in there and they want you buying snacks and drinks oh yeah that's, the theater that's that i mean it's a money. huge loss for the theater yeah. because that's where they make all their money is is popcorn mm-hmm. and stuff so i mean i get it from a theater side of things of like man that really sucks but you know what a, it's funny about that style, because you know you know if popcorn's like eight bucks if they made it like four bucks i would buy popcorn every time you know, yeah, it's I'm so expensive yeah. that I can't buy it. But if it was reasonable prices for like, oh, two bucks for a small Coke and three bucks mm-hmm. for popcorn, I'm yeah. in every time. And I get so yeah, it's either I'm, they I'm get no you. money of mine or a little right. bit of it. And I'm I get stubborn too on the the bits that like every theater does this now, so it's not like it's unique. But the whole thing of like, well, you can get a small for six twenty five, or you can get an extra large for six seventy five. I'm like, no, I will not spend that extra. It makes me so so grumpy. I'm totally with you. Give give me give me cheap concession options, and I'd probably do that a lot more often. It's five dollars for like a coke yeah. at the at the totally. theater. Five probably more yeah, dollars for a drink. Yeah. Insane. The yeah. the uh, what what's it called? The margin is insane on popcorn. Mm-hmm. Like for a large popcorn, it costs the, the theater less than ten cents, yeah. and they're charging nine dollars for it. It's it's sure. disgusting. Right. But yeah, if there's You're a, right, you know, I'm with you again. That's how they make their money, so I understand it. But but I'm with you on the standpoint of I'd be more like I guarantee that for me personally, and maybe maybe you and I are just weird, can't I don't know. But I I would I for sure would say for me personally. They would for sure come out ahead on, on that bit on that return rate if it cost if it cost less than to begin with. I told you, AM, AMC yeah. had a deal that was two hot dogs, two cokes, and a popcorn, thirty five dollars. Not <laughs> yeah. kidding you. That hot dog is great though. You know, Ins- I mean, insanity, that's like, insanity, absolutely, <laughs> absolute <laughs> robbery. Hot dogs, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It was called you like get a chicken parm though. Like that. it was called that's, like uh, the, that's the knives good, out good uh, chicken special. parm, dude. It was promoted with Knives Out, and I actually tweeted to Ryan Johnson's like, "Can you stop this? Like, can you pull your, pull the movie out of the theaters because of you're robbing the customers literally with this? It's it's actually insane. I I laugh out loud when I see that kind of stuff and try to do that. But hey, yeah, that that's what needs to happen is is a, a theater chain needs to come out and be like, all right, all affordable like Draft House or something needs to be like all affordable snacks, mm-hmm. no texting, no talking, you know, and have like the actual theater experience be worth it for people to go. And I would be all in. Before we move on and talk the rest of our movie news, rumors, and rumblings items for this episode, I want to tell our listener out there about something awesome that we are currently offering the Mam Fam. These are trying times right now, and I know a lot of you are staying indoors. You're watching a lot of movies. You're listening to a lot of podcasts. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to be exposed to people. That definitely means, unfortunately, taking a break from restaurants and doing a lot less shopping than you would normally do for food. But we have a solution for you. I'm excited to tell you about Every Plate. What is Every Plate? They deliver meals directly to your door. I know you've heard a lot about these services in the past, maybe even some on this podcast, and you're probably asking yourself, what makes Every Plate different? There's a couple things. Your wallet's going to be a lot fuller with every plate. 
In fact, it's America's best value meal kit. Think of it this way. One meal is equal to about one cup of coffee. And during these times, having more money is definitely a positive. Also, every plate takes a lot less time than some of these other meal kits. Most meals come together in about 30 minutes. It's definitely faster than going out to the grocery store, getting your food, taking it back, looking up a recipe, cooking it, preparing it, finally getting it on the table a couple hours later. So, if you're like me, less time thinking, less time preparing, less time spending money means more time doing what we like to do, watch movies, and listen to podcasts. Every plate's been a lifesaver for me and my wife during this time. And the food's great. We had a little chicken the other night, a little veggies, cooked it up, and we watched us uh, Jerry Seinfeld's new stand-up special. Had a great time, really enjoyed the food. And best of all, it was cheap, and we didn't expose ourselves. Well, we did, but you know what I mean. So to learn more about this great service, sign up. Visit everyplate.com. It's everyplate.com. I know the man Finn will enjoy it. So check it out. All right, guys. Well, we talked about theater experiences a little bit earlier, but uh, one franchise we did not know if it would ever return to the theater was mm. Star Wars. Oh. And now we have confirmation. I was going to say, now you see me. <laughs> no, we know that that's coming back. Now you three me is on the horizon. Who who did they say is um, directing it? Didn't we get a director confirmed? Yes. <sighs> it's not going to be Lettier. We know that. He's busy. Mm. I don't know if we've got a director yet. They oh, got I got like 20 in, Now You See Me tweets last week. I can't yeah. remember. They brought in remember. Eric Warren Singer to write. Oh, the, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no relation to Brian Singer. Yeah. All, a director is yet to be selected. So Okay, good. Well, so maybe it's David. The bidding war is still on. They're getting, yeah. They're getting or it could pitches, be us. Could pitches be from a lot, of, a lot of directors. What would you be more excited for? Louis Lettier returning for Now You See Me 3 or Louis Lettier directing Bright 2? Definitely the latter, but I would love to see him finish his vision, but I think he's really set a staple that, mm. you know, you can bring in a lesser director. Maybe a... It's actually amazing that... Uh, Luc Besson? The technology they're using for Bright 2. It's going to be the first movie where Will Smith shoots the whole thing on a lazy Susan. <laughs> they just spin them around <laughs> for three months and shoot it. And a giant done. lazy Susan. Yep. <laughs> the whole set. It's just one 360 like, shot. Like the studio, entire. Yeah, it's like a theater in the round. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Susan really took a loss on the, I know your, your lovely mother's name is, is Susan Kent, but Susan really <laughs> took a loss on the Karen joke. Equal could have been either. Karen gets yeah. to stay relevant on the mm. on the meme of like, okay, Karen could have very easily been Susan. <laughs> yeah, they, no, they already got lazy Susan. That was enough. That's true. They're, yeah, they went through Your mom decades of of lazy puns. Yeah, you always did that as a kid. Your mom would be like, can't do your homework, and you'd be like, all right, whatever, lazy Susan, and kind of stare her down. I remember that. When, when my mom refused to do my homework for me, I did let yeah. her have it. That was one thing. <laughs> Well, you've always you've always been like that. Respect. I have. Well, you know, the success of the Mandalorian has created a conversation, and the non-success of the Rise of Skywalker theatrically, critically, it has created a conversation as well regarding the future of Star Wars. And a lot of people think Disney Plus is the answer long term. I don't think that that's great. I still think Star Wars lives and breathes with the theatrical experience. Mm-hmm. 
And Agreed. so they have they've had all these um these I guess trilogies, movies rumored for a while, the Ryan Johnson next trilogy, the the Benioff and Weiss next trilogy, which they have backed out of in favor of doing something for Netflix. And there's actually a Disney Plus series being created by the uh, Russian doll creator, whatever her name is, that was leaked to Variety. And this is a big, big controversy right now that's going on about Bob Iger is super pissed that that got leaked to Variety when the fact that it was not set in stone, it's not inked, it's not official. There was no press release from Disney uh, with it. And they think Kathy Kennedy leaked that to Variety so that if Bob Iger canceled it, he would look like a misogynist a-hole, basically, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, like, it basically has to happen now because <laughs> because of the fact that if you cancel it, it's a horrible look. And so that that's interesting. I heard there was a big... And this is all rumor, but you know the sources say that there was a big, like, like a big meeting during the COVID response. Like everyone had to physically come up there to Disney to talk about this being leaked to Variety and how how bad of a look it was when they don't control the message. Mm -hmm. Because that's the Star Wars and Disney's whole thing is, look how great we are. Look at this photo of, of J.J. Abrams doing a table read with the the old cast. Like look at look at all of us smiling. Look at look at us posing in the Millennium Falcon with Lord and Miller. Like it's all like they love to control the, from the PR perspective. And so for anything to get out not from them is not ideal for them. But that's a rumored Disney Plus series, so that's not theatrical. But theatrically, they have confirmed through press release Star Wars. Released on Star Wars Day, that the one and only Taika Waititi Let's go. Will, be, will be doing a theatrical movie of Star mm. Wars, and it'll be written by the the woman who did 1917, and that's exciting. It's all exciting news. What's more exciting is that they've just announced one film, that, that this is not a trilogy or episode. Mm. We don't know what this is going to be, basically, but I'm assuming Taika is going to do Thor, Love, and Thunder – and then transition immediately to to Star Wars. So it's big, big news that, that Star Wars is coming back to the theater. And it seems like a filmmaker that people love and trust, you know, not only with Thor, but with Jojo Rabbit that was mm. so well received. And so I've heard the the rumor, the working title for the Star Wars is is Jojo Binks. So I'm excited. <laughs> Hell yeah. To see that Finally. Comes to fruition. The prequel mm -hmm. to the prequel we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so immediate He's reaction. To this, Nazi right? sympathizers, uh. man! I can't wait. This, this is about line. as good a news yeah. as, as we could get from a Star Wars front. Yeah. I think Taika's awesome. Oh yeah, Taika's perfect. And, uh, yeah. You know, I didn't think that. I didn't think that the script for 1917 was all that. Well, it's not that it wasn't great. It just was. It was overshadowed by the production of that movie and all the the bit and the, the cinematography and everything. But there's some good dialogue. Yeah, it was, in it was it. Oscar nominated. You go back and you and you mm -hmm. watch that movie again, and it's it's much more noticeable how how good the script is. Uh, that oh, that Christy God. Wilson Cairns so did. So yeah, this is a great combo. I'm I'm super super pumped for this, and I'm sure that the the dummies will figure out a way to be pissed about it when it's all said and done. But I just I'm I'm so over the the internet, <laughs> like just in general. But certainly as it pertains to to Star Wars fans and stuff, this is this is about as good a news as you could get. I think for for the future of of Star Wars movies and such. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent, and. It's untitled Star Wars film TBA, 
release date. So there's no release date. Unless you could get come. a Dennis Dugan. That's the only way I would be more excited. Adam, starring Adam Sandler, Star Wars Episode Ten. Have I do me? Just like she's with you. You know, Taika's uh, Taika's real last name is Cohen. Really interesting. And he goes by YTD because it was his dad's huh. name, I think. But his legal name is Taika Cohen. Hmm. Just uh, interesting, nice, nice. interesting like nugget the, there. Um, the uh, he also did what? Fun guy, Steve Cohen. Who almost <laughs> bought the Mets last week? <laughs> Joel Cohen, Ethan. I have not heard of them. Mm-hmm. I like I the third. They did the Garfield. Cohen Ethan yeah. Cohen did the Garfield. Oh, okay, the Garfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garfield. No, I know him. Reboot. We uh, he also did what we do in the shadows, which is um, currently on TV and the movie, of course. But the TV version I've I've recommended before is mm. is incredible. Um, you guys still need to. Yeah, so we need to check that out. It is, it is very, very good. But yeah, Taika is certainly he's peaking, man. Post Oscars and Star Wars comes calling, man. I'm so almost so surprised John Favreau didn't get a theatrical chance to do this, mm. considering for sure Lion King made a billion dollars, the the Jungle Book made over a billion dollars, and the Mandalorian was so well received that I'm surprised he didn't get his chance to do a theatrical thing. Maybe he's, he's happy doing what he does for Disney and then kind of doing the Disney plus thing and, and going that route. But I think I would have thought he'd be first in line for a theatrical sure. star Wars. I think they're kind of grooming him to be their, uh, I don't know. They're guy. They're, they're Feige. Kevin Feige. Yeah. Like that kind of, if they let go of, of, and I know Feige is involved with, with star Wars now too. So it's not like, but you know, there's a lot on his plate, so it, it seemed to me like they're they're trying to build Favreau into being more than just a, quote unquote just a director or just a showrunner or whatever. That he may have some some real input in what happens there moving forward. Yeah, Kathy Kennedy's contract is up in 2021, and so we'll we'll see if they extend her. But the returns are not great. You know, if you're just being objective about the success of Star Wars, yeah, The Mandalorian was well received, and and Rogue One and and The Force Awakens were successful, but I mean, they were basically two for five in this oh, window. Come on, they were all super, it, super duper successful and made not not compared to where they were projected to be. Oh, that's, that's, not nearly, I hate that not nearly as much as no. I'm, as I'm, they, I'm with you guys on that. I mean, I agree. I think they were mostly very. Good to very good, but I I think they were projecting more money for the last two. They expected these things to build from which sucks. Force which Awakens. Is that that's a projection error more than that. But it is still from a business standpoint. I don't think they were able to build a brand. Think about it; they're having to rebuild a brand. Right. After the three the, the brand they, suffered more than yeah, the finances did. I get that, which is a bummer because they're. They did a good job with them. They were well-made films. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the audience's fault, and that's a whole different argument. But um, they were – that whole thing coming – I mean, it was super successful financially. It was a $4 billion investment that made $10 billion probably when you factor in mm-hmm. everything or maybe $8 billion, whatever. That for sure. But it, the, the one failure – it's like the Obama thing, right? The Obama – uh, everyone criticized the Obama presidency. He was like, okay, cool, cool. You did this. Is, I'm not speaking politically. I just mean like Obama. Okay, cool. Whatever. Eight years. Blah, blah, blah. And then, but the criticism of Obama was you didn't prop up the next person, right? Your vice president was 74 years old, 75 years old, whatever. And that's kind of the that's the same criticism of of Star Wars was 
cool. You either liked it or didn't. That's great. But there, it didn't. There was no hill to build upon. Again, we're gonna have to rebuild this again, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, a criticism. But I don't know. I guess that's on Kennedy, right? More than anyone else. More than the filmmakers themselves, I would say. I guess. I mean, like I've always said, I think they made two big mistakes in the the course of this whole thing, and well, two two things that they didn't factor in properly. And one of them is a mistake, and that is they didn't plan out that trilogy from from A to Z all mm-hmm. the way through. They didn't have sure. a plan going into Force Awakens of where this is going to end up uh, at the totally. end of Rise of Skywalker, and that you know that is whether whether. The, Whatever part of that is Kathleen Kennedy's, then absolutely, she deserves that blame. The other thing they didn't factor in is how stupid fans are. I mean, then that's that's not on them. I mean, that, that's I mean, no, maybe it is not. in some You're ways. Totally like right. you got to think about that moving forward, and I think they definitely have started factoring that into their math now. But, but those people will be they'll be pissed about this too. Yeah, absolutely. there's no question. Their answer to There's that no question, question is, is they'll yeah. be yeah. No, I totally grant that. That's I mean, at that point, you just have to go. Yeah, screw you. We're, right. we're the ones making these right. for sure. They should have had the foresight as well, Brian. Another mistake would be to have pushed back Solo after Last Jedi. Yeah, um, sure. Divided some people, sure, sure. and yeah, they were, you know, I, I think that one certainly was the biggest flop. It costs three hundred million, and it made three ninety three mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah, so they they so. definitely lost a chunk of money on that one. Oh um, yeah, but you know, hey, this thing is a four billion dollar deal, and they made that on on toys in the first year. So <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all. <laughs> It's all relative, totally. but, I agree but they with also that. learned that from that solo thing too, Kent. You know, I mean, that, there were yeah. all these standalone projects that were planned, and then they saw that how that went down with solo, and said, "Well, okay, maybe we're not doing that because they don't, you know, the fans don't want that." So yeah, you can't do Avengers before you do Iron Man. I'm not saying Kathleen Kennedy is is not doesn't deserve some blame for some of the stuff that's happened. I just think she's become partly for for legitimate reasons, and and a lot for for just people suck and and fanboys can be gross um she there's so much has been laid at her feet and you're just like i don't think that's her fault but okay you know no i agree with that i agree with she has been blamed and but then also like the whole project is viewed as a failure by a certain sect of people i think that's Mm. idiotic because it's on the whole been a i mean those are three pretty good movies (laughs) from good to pretty good like (laughs) i mean none of them are No, 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 they're not. None the of them were below a B. Yeah, and then it made a, sh- you know, shoot ton of money. <laughs> like they've done great. Sure. Yeah, the biggest the biggest mistake she's made is just, you know, I guess trying too much with a with something sure. that should have had one person probably, but a John Favreau or a JJ, sure, overseeing everything and making sure everything was good. You know, like going out and. Josh Trank, and then going out to Lord Miller, and like trying to let yeah. filmmakers be filmmakers just, with Star I Wars probably was not not the right mm-hmm. move. Did y'all read you know, that Josh Trank I prefer that. profile today? By the way, sorry, this is a no. I haven't read it yet. Oh it's, I'm, I've got it on my iPad. I'm gonna crush it before bed or yeah. in the morning. Shout out to our, our boy Ethan Cooper for, for yeah, that was a that. great. I was like what? It, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's on Polygon, but yeah, it's a really long read. Yeah. I'm I'm really only about. I'm a big Polygon guy all day or day, so. Man, he's a he's. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say he's probably a psych, comes off as a psychopath. Dude, you gotta read it. it. It's. I, I said in our this, Discord, yeah. it sounds like a character that we cre- we would create for a fake bit. Like he's that delusional and out there on stuff. It's it's incredible. You, you seen the thing where he wrote a review of his own movie, Fantastic Four on Letterboxd? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal behavior, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> total totally normal behavior. 
I review this podcast on iTunes every day, first thing <laughs> in the morning. It's new burners. And- I'm like Bob Iger. <laughs> I get up, I run six miles on the treadmill, and then I review this podcast. Sorry, I'm a mogul. <laughs> the last note I guess we can end on, fellas, is we teased it. Louis Lettier doing Bright 2. Mm, we control the universe, guys. This podcast controls the universe. We did it. That's all <laughs> needs to be said. Yeah, it's we the have podcast willed, gods are shining on yeah. us. We have willed Tom Cruise into space. That's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. We, I feel pretty confident that fast the Fast Ten is going into space as well. Like we, or MacGruber two, yeah, or MacGruber two. Once we, the series, we takes made MacGruber two happen, the, or the series happen. Yeah, we're. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to overplay it, but I think <laughs> it would be foolish to not to say that we are not directly impacting the world on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just science. Yeah. Prove otherwise, team. <laughs> Gosh. Now you three me. Officially <laughs> happening. Br- now you three me and Bright. Hopefully they come out within a few weeks of each other. Bright to Letty A. And now you three me, directed by Kent Garrison, within a few weeks of each I'll other. Throw my That's- name in the ring for now you three me. You should. Heck yeah. Can Get I be me. a can Brian and I could be producers? Yeah, I just want to be a camera operator. Just because what I want to say is if we shoot the magic up close, cool. The closer you look, the less you see. No, you just you just strap the camera to an office chair and spin it around. <laughs> that's the only. That's all it's credited as. I'm just going to be on. Scre- I'm just going to be on set screaming more Woody Harrelsons. <laughs> Quadruplets. Yeah, there's, there's fourteen. This is multiplicity yeah. by the end. By the time we get to the end. Yeah, of exactly. That's giving me my note. Just every well, day at the end, Ruffalo's not nearly <laughs> enough Harrelsons. At the end, Ruffalo is going to get on a carousel, but every horse will be have a Woody Harrelson head. <laughs> Some production oh, assistant is looking at the notes and is like, does he mean he wants more Harrelson footage? <laughs> no, no. He wants more Harrelsons. That's the key here. Yep. I want to see how many personalities Harrelson can come up with. That's, <laughs> that's the most entertaining part because he plays <laughs> one character in every movie. He plays Woody Harrelson. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not very nuanced. It's like you hire Woody to do Woody. You know, one of them's a bartender. One of them's Larry. One Flynn. of them smokes weed. Yeah. One <laughs> of them's a bartender. One of them's a <laughs> basketball player. Yeah. It's like, he's only got so much that he can kind of reach from, you know? <laughs> Why is that one killing zombies? I didn't know there were zombies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we get two Eisenbergs and we bring the whole thing oh, wow. into flux there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I've got it all mapped That's out. Good. Sounds like well, we're not getting excited even one Isla Fisher in this one, though. I think she's out. Sounds like she's. What's funny about the, the Now You Three Me thing is they said they, they're bringing in this new writer to, to reimagine the series. It's like, okay, <laughs> we've got this series, and, 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 and hear me it's out. It's, it's, success, it's successful. People like it. Mm-hmm. But, but their movies aren't great. But we, what we know people like is magicians. <laughs> it's like they're still convinced that magicians. Is a thing that just people replace are... everyone with Penn and Teller and have it be real magic, and then it's a good movie. I've seen <laughs> Tim's Vermeer. I'm in. They're good filmmakers, yeah, <laughs> and they know magic. But yeah, you know that's what? Who should direct it. It should be Teller directs. Now you, if like it was now you see me three directed by Teller. I'm actually all in on that point. You know what though? If you if you go on the rafters anyway, it's all fake. <laughs> You're right. Oh, wow. Fair point. Gosh. That's wow. not real. Seriously? Magic. Spoiler alert. Wow. What right, if dude. what if now they announced the director of Now You Three Me is just the Chris mind Angel? the mind freak? Yeah. It's just not even Chris Angel, just <laughs> the mind freak. The 
Chris. That's the that's the douchiest way to ever spell Chris. C R I S S. Chris. Angel. Well, this has been we fun, guys. Yeah. This has been fun. When more new movie news comes out, uh, we'll do roundups. We'll wait for a couple of items to stack up, and we'll we'll give you a full episode for you to be able to digest during this time. But thank you. We hope you're enjoying yourself. We hope you're enjoying the Bad Movie Marathon. Next week, you teased it. We've got After Earth coming, so watch After Earth maybe this weekend and, don't, and enjoy don't. that that horrible <laughs> takedown that we're going to have. It's going to be very fun. I can I can assure you that we're going to have some laughs. But uh, enjoy the VIP experience too. Yeah. VIP feed, like I said, get on that. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com/slash/vip. Mm-hmm. We always get hang out over Discord. there and and the Discord and. Pony is the only song that ever plays, so don't yeah. request anything else. Right. Hey, Daily Recommends Season 2 comes back next week, too. So be on nice. That. We got nice. 15, nice. Uh, 15 episodes coming before the end of the month on that. So Awesome. Well, I'm very excited about it. And you can catch Richard at Richard Barden on Twitter. Me at Kent Garrison on all the social medias. Where can we find you, Brian? Still B Gill twelve. I checked yesterday, and this some fool still has at Brian Gill on Twitter. Hasn't tweeted since two thousand eight. So you know, I'm I'm still hanging out at B Gill. You can't 12. put in a claim for that yet. I have. I thought no, they were going to let they, that. You know, nothing ever comes of it. Twitter's got other things to do, dealing with Nazis and stuff. But uh, and there are already eleven B Gills too. <laughs> so you had to go with B Gill twelve. That's right. right. Yeah. Actually, that's a. I'm guessing that's a Derek Harper. Uh, it is. <laughs> It is. Reference it is. there? Yeah. Nice. Not a Texas A&M reference? Nope. Certainly not that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, if you got any kick or joy out of this episode, you learned anything, please leave us five stars on the podcast platform of your choice. It really helps grow the show. Send to your friends and talk to us on the Discord. Until next time, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see you soon at the cinema. But don't sit by me. <laughs>